0: Hello, I'm Michael Dalton, and I am welcoming you once again to Prophetic Edge. Today, we have the joy of continuing the series, The Art of Hearing, the Proceeding Word of God. It's so good to be with you again as we continue this conversation and this exploration of learning to hear or the art of hearing. Hearing God is not a difficult thing, and yet it seems to be the thing that most people struggle with. In times of crisis or in times of trouble, in the world we live in today, most people often say, I just wish I could hear God better. Or the question often becomes, in times when we're teaching on the prophetic or we're teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, well, how do I learn to hear? It seems that you hear God differently than I do. In every denomination, in every group we travel to, people have different expectations of the voice of God. Some think God speaks in loud, booming tones. Others think he whispers. Most say the still, small voice of God, yet others say it's like an angelic presence came over me. But when we look in the book, there is a multifaceted, multivaried way in which God makes himself known. And so the first thing we have to be clear on is if you hold God hostage to one particular way in which you think he will speak to you, you have already locked yourself in a room too small. God speaks according to scripture in at least 14 different ways. That's right. I said 14 different ways. God has as many ways of communicating as a soccer team has replacements. When God speaks to you, He does not hold himself hostage to your expectation. If your expectation is I need the thunder of heaven, then God will always speak in a whisper. If your expectation is I need angels lighting up the room and wings fluttering above me, then God will speak to you in a dream. If you say I must have a dream in order for my soul to be satisfied, then God will speak through a person. If you refuse to hear a person, then God will speak through a sign. God is not held hostage to your one expectation. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want to touch on this, the preceding word of God. Most of us miss following the clarity of God's voice because we get stuck. I call it a dogmatic determination to make a prophecy come to pass. When you have a dogmatic determination, we almost teach in today's mindset. Some of you may be comfortable with the idea of the prophetic. Some of you may still be learning about it. But in all aspects, too many times we think a prophetic word, whether it came as a dream, a vision, a prophecy through someone we trust or scripture that's alive in us, we make the assumption that we must help God bring it to pass. I even hear people saying the term, you must manage your prophecy. You must help your prophecy come to pass. That's not biblical. Ooh, now I know some of you right now, I can see your face in private, in your home, twisted up. Some of you right now, you just dropped your cocoa puffs in the middle of the morning. Scripture does not ask you, to partner with God in your prophecy. Scripture asks you to partner with God in your faith. When you hear a prophetic word, just like when you hear scripture, the response from you should be a response of faith. You should mix your faith with the word. For the Bible says in hearing God, when they were in the desert, before they went into the promised land, they heard the word of the Lord. But in hearing, they did not mix it with faith. Mm -hmm. See, God never said they did not mix it with 10 different actions, a strategy. They didn't show up with all of the ability to make it happen. They didn't mix it with faith. The only thing God asks you for is your faith at his word. Now, that faith will always lead to correlating action. But if you go after a prophetic word or a scripture and you're doggedly determined I will make it happen the way I think it should happen, according to my own timeline, you will fight the very spirit of God in manifesting the properties in your future. Why? God cannot let you be your own deliverer. If you are your own deliverer, your own savior, if you are the only one who can build the blueprint of your future, then you are God and he is not. God needs your faith. So let's look at an example. Over and over, we understand as children of God, we are the seed of Abraham. Now, as a seed of Abraham, Abraham becomes our foremost example until Jesus Jesus is the only other great example for us as a life of faith. We learn from them all, but we are called the seed or the sons of Abraham. God speaks to Abraham and says to him, Abraham, you shall have a son. 25 years, this old man, old, wrinkled, old look like a one of those little little puppies a Sharpe, just old just old just had wrinkles down to his ankles just and let's not even talk about how his wife looked she was old already but you got two old people trying to have a baby I don't even want to imagine that that just gives me times at night where I just sit up and weep just flashbacks it's horrible it's terrible but these two old people God says you're going to have a child now here's the problem Abraham hears the word and time becomes his enemy. Time starts to fight against his mind. Time is fighting against his body. Time has already fought his wife's ability to produce. Time, time now starts to convince them that the word of the Lord is not going to come to pass as God said. When you see time as an enemy, You cease to trust God as the perfecter of his own word. At that moment, you look for human strategies. When you look for human strategies, you will always birth something that will kill your destiny. You create a warfare in your own house. So God says, I'm going to heal you. God says, I'm going to deliver you. God says, I'm going to produce in you great glory. The Lord says, Peace is yours, whatever the word or the promise. But then, in your mind, it's been one week too long, one month too long, one bad doctor's report too far. It's one too many times that my bank account has been empty. You begin to stack the zeros, the losses, the fears, the terrors, the nightmares. You begin to stack the miscarriages the tumors, the broken dreams, the bad relationships. You begin to stack all of the times when your children didn't come home at night like they should have, all of the times when you felt like giving up. You stack the fears and the failures higher than your value for the word of God. And at that moment, we cease believing that the word that has gone before us can produce life in us. At that moment, we let go of the preceding word and we hold on to our fear. We hold on to the thought that only I can deliver myself. When we begin to do that, we stop hearing God. We let go of his voice. We hold on to the voice of the enemy. And at that moment, you build what I call an echo chamber, You live in the echo chamber of yesterday's broken dreams and all you can hear bouncing off the walls of your life is the constant sound of what cannot happen. But you have to break out of the echo chamber. How do you break out of the echo chamber? Have you ever seen one of those old movies where there is going to be a fire on a floor or there is a problem and it says break glass in case of emergency. They had a Hatchet on the wall. The hatchet was what you used to break through the door to get out, or there was a fire extinguisher, but they put it in a little glass box. If you look at old movies, the old black and white, it was always break glass in case of emergency. Why? Because the sound of the breaking glass, number one, it kept people from reaching for the emergency lever too soon. You had to break the glass. Number two, the sound of the breaking glass got the attention of everyone else who was on that floor. So you didn't just have to yell emergency. If you broke the glass, everyone who heard that sound came running. They knew somebody is breaking out. We got to go with them. I believe for many of you, the time has come for you to break out of the box you've been living in because you've been surrounded by the glass walls of the enemy who has convinced you God will not help you and you've let go of the promise of his voice and the validity of his truth because you've let something small become your expectation. The preceding word the Lord says, Abraham, you shall have a child. Now, Twenty five years later, after he's already given life to Ishmael, the Lord revisits them and says, and Sarah, thy wife, shall have a child. As I said at the beginning, God never changed his mind, never changed his word, never changed his promise. As I said, so it shall be. The preceding word, the word of the Lord was valid. I say to many of you, what God said is true. Just don't give up too soon. Don't get to heaven and realize you were one day away from a miracle. You were 15 minutes from a breakthrough. You were two hours from your children being set free. You were three days away from your mind having peace. And the only thing that stops you is that every time you're in a storm, you hide in a glass box and you could break out at any time. By doing what? Use the word of the Lord. And Paul said to Timothy, make war with the prophecy I have given you. When God speaks something to you, the word he gives you is your weapon to break out of the box the enemy put you in. But I can't break you out. Your friends can't break you out. No one can break you out of the box you're in but you by using the word God gave you. What you've heard from God is true. But now you've got to fight with it. You've got to stand your ground. You've got to let your mouth become the axe that breaks through the door. You have to let your mouth becomes the weapon that pushes you forward. So what do you do? You don't need 10 new prophecies. You just need to trust what God already gave you. The battle is not getting a new word from God. The battle is holding on to the one you think he forgot. Trust that what God said is true. He didn't forget you and he didn't change his mind. Here's the last part of this. The preceding word. The Bible says the word of the Lord cannot return to him void. What does that mean? It literally means that God's word is a seed that once released from his mouth cannot return to him without producing what is inside of the seed. We often say it must produce the thing that was in, no, not in your heart, in his heart. When God loosed a word to you, that word had hidden inside of it life. And God cannot bring it back to himself until it produces. Why? Because God, above all things else you know about God, remember this, God is a gardener. The beginning of time, he builds a garden. When you look at the book of Revelation, there's trees on the sides of the rivers. He loves gardens. Every world in existence is different in a multifaceted way because he's a gardener. He's making different things. He's making stars. Some are blue and some are red and some twinkle white. He's making worlds. Some are full of gases and some are full of ice and some are full of water and some are full of trees. Why does he do this? He's a gardener. He plants something different everywhere he goes. And in your life, when he speaks a word, do not let your hearing go dull. What God said to you is exactly the harvest he intends to bring forth for you. He needs to see in your life a full harvest so that everyone around you will know he is faithful to his word. He is good to his children and he is able. If God said it, he will do it. If he has spoken it. He will bring it to pass. What is your job? Find enough faith to trust that what God said is true. And once you believe him, do everything in your power not to disagree. If you can keep your mouth closed while your heart is open, God will cause heaven to rain down upon you. Glory to manifest promises and miracles will become normal in your life. The preceding word. Don't look back. Don't look to the side. Just hold on. If he said it, the word that came out of his mouth, keep going after it. The preceding word will bring the promise of life for you, for your family, and for your children. Father, I pray whoever is listening, wherever they have given up hope, wherever they have turned to the left or to the right, wherever fear or failure, losses or pain have caused them to doubt you. I pray like the shell of a seed that must be cracked open so that life can be produced in a ground that is holding the future harvest. I pray that God would crack the shell of bitterness, brokenness, offended hearts, denominational thinking, religious mindsets, dreams that have died. I pray that God would crack that shell right now and you would remember he that has spoken is able to do it and he will bring it to pass. May the Lord your God bring fruit, blessing, and harvest into your world for you are worthy of what he gave you because he died to make it so. Be blessed in Jesus name.